Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, Real Paranormal Activity is proud to present the Sandman Lullaby with your host, Patrick Sean Jones. are asleep, my heart alone wakes. The evening in the harbor, down his red sail takes. Night, guardian of dreams, now wanders through the land. The moon, lily white, blossoms within her hand. Sandman Lullaby here on RPA. Yeah, that's the Real Paranormal Activity Network. How y'all doing? Once again, I made it into the studio, and I'm able to bring you a guest. And I'm glad I'm able to bring you a guest. Her name is Orly. I'm saying it like that. Hello. Hey there. She's an artist. She's also an author. She's a terror reader. She's. Uh, you talked about being a ritualist. Yeah, that's weird, huh? That is actually. <laughs> I've never actually heard that on a job title before. It certainly is eccentric, and a little hard to believe that it's what I do. But it is what I do. I do um, custom rituals for people. Right. 
I have I use my own judgment on on what I do. So oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, it's not just like that, you know. It's not like I'm gonna be a hitman on you, and I'm not gonna yeah. really you know. Yeah, exactly. But when the spirits come, get you, girl. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I like, you know, being the hand of justice. I work with the spirits. I work a lot with demons and the spirits of the dead right. primarily. Right. What got I, you into yeah. this? Seriously. It's like, uh, it's like one of, one of my last guests, she uh, wrote a, uh, a novel about a female serial killer. And she went from talking about writing about turtles to female serial killers. So, you know, that, that brings me to, as a little girl, what got you into really getting into uh, maybe the dark arts or the dark My mysteries? My paranormal experiences, like, every night, right? I would have terrifying things come into my room that would torment me. I spent the majority of my youth being completely terrified every single night when I would go to sleep. And I would tell my parents, and they would tell me that I was dreaming, but I, I had not even gone down to sleep. So um, eventually, I decided that I didn't want to be afraid of those things anymore, and I wanted to have some kind of control over the experiences I was having. Right. And it wasn't until I started having even more strange experiences with things like UFOs I started watching basically every weird documentary that you could find on aliens that existed on the internet at the time. Right. And there was one time when um, I was home alone, I was like maybe 16, and um, watching my laptop in the dark, and I found a documentary about Aleister Crowley, the occultist, and that is what actually got me into magic, because as I was watching it, the documentary froze. And then my laptop froze, and I was sitting there in the darkness. And then this high-pitched screech started emanating from my laptop, and I had to force it to shut down. And this is in the middle of this documentary. And that was such a powerful sign to me that there must be something to this. So I started researching, and eventually, a couple of years later, I found myself just by the luck of the universe, being connected to someone that was in Aleister Crowley's magical order, the OTO, right. um, of which I was um, an officer in. And uh, ain't that pretty funny? We just years. got done talking about that like a second ago, didn't we? Yeah. Wow. It's funny how little things like that go. So, what age were you at this time? I started being part of the OTO when I was 18. Right. And um, I was in it for about 12 years. And what would you say were some of the lessons learned and some of the lessons lost during that time? Well, that's a really great question. I learned a lot about how magical societies function. Right. About the importance of it, about how to teach people magic. Because that's where it all started. I was organizing classes for people, various magical teachers and things like that. And then people started asking me if I would teach them about magic. And that's how I started my YouTube channel um, after that. But another thing that I learned, the downside of that is that magical orders very often have a lot of red tape. Right. There's a lot of power 
and a lot of power being wasted. Yes, definitely, so, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. But it was a good experience for me while I was in it. I decided I was going to leave after a while and started my own YouTube channel because I felt like it was a better place to reach more people. No, it, it it's great because I saw the thing you were doing when you're uh, you're teaching people how to read the tarot, and you're doing that what one card at a time. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's the best way to basically learn it. And uh, the last oh, yeah. last one I think you were working on was the tower. Yeah, absolutely. It came up because that's what the vibes were of my life and a lot of the teachings that I had been receiving. Um, from the Spirit Lucifuge that I've been working with, and also Beelzebub pretty heavily recently. Right. Um, I've been doing path workings with them, and so there's no actual order to the tarot cards that I'm teaching people. I'm just picking them as I see fit, because for some reason it seems to resonate with people on a grand scale of things, like why that card came up. Um, I think people can take something out of it. Well, which deck are you using? You're using a Rider Waite? Do you use a Thoth deck, or which deck are you yeah, using? Yeah, the Thoth deck. Um, that's my. The, I use the Thoth deck for my main tarot reading. Right. Um, but in the series, I compare the Rider Waite to the Thoth because right. a lot of people are familiar with the Rider Waite. So um, I contrast the imagery, and it also helps to illuminate how much additional symbolism is in the Thoth deck um, by comparison. What would you say is the biggest difference between the Thoth deck and the Rider Waite deck? The Thoth deck has so much more symbolism when it comes to planetary and astrological aspects. Even the colors themselves of the cards in the Thoth deck are composed according to the Tree of Life's king scale right. of color. So there's, you know, like I would say 10 to 100 times more pieces of information that you can pull out of the picture um, on the false tarot deck, and that's why I like it the most. When you were talking about being a child and uh, having to face dreams that you were in, and are your parents telling you that those were dreams, uh, did you experience, like, sleep paralysis? Yeah. And that was... It was a combination of dreams, right? sleep paralysis, and then also just being awake in the dark in a room with a nightlight lit for hours just sitting there. Um, I had experiences all those ways, but, but dreams in particular. Um, and I saw all kinds of weird stuff when I was in sleep paralysis, things like insects crawling around. One notable dream that was recurring is that had sleep paralysis was I would wake up and then there would be bees, like, like bumblebees, a couple of them on the bed next to me with the covers pulled back and I'll just be stuck laying there staring at these bees whoa did you get, get did you ever learn any insight from that well what did it tell you days, right it, well I, at the time I, it just scared me and right well that's something you'd see like in a Rob Zombie movie so you know <laughs> yeah she said that those bee figures would stop the bees from coming into my room. And in a way, that's like witchcraft in a very basic sense that my mom didn't even realize. Yeah, but if you go but, to the um, Egyptians, the bees were yeah. a sign of the harvest, and they were very important, too. So Yeah, they're a symbol of the magician. 
especially um, according to Sora Nima, who, who wrote books about Maat magic, which is also related to ancient Egypt. Right. So it's pretty interesting. And it seemed like a sign to me at a young age that it would be a path of magic that I would find myself on, I think. No, that is very that is very cool. So what uh, you were talking also about Manly P. Hall as a writer. And yeah, you, he's from Ontario, where I'm from. It's pretty cool. Well, you're, you're from Canada, and you moved to Virginia, right? Yeah, I lived in California for a bit, and then I, I moved to Virginia, yeah. So how, how is it living in those different parts of the world, uh, you know, let's say paranormally or subconsciously or basically existentially? Well, part of why I really enjoy living in Virginia is the energy here. Right. Is so much more intense than anywhere I've ever lived. I've lived in a lot of different places, and I live right near where a battle from the Civil War happened. So there's this very archaic darkness around everywhere here. Okay, do you go to those places to relax, really, sometimes? Yeah. Tell me about it, seriously, because I'm, I'm here in Florida. Like I said, everybody just comes to Florida basically to die one way or another or to go to Disney. So, you know, we are a big one land of graveyards. But the thing about it is it's basically it's like graveyards without history, graveyards without anything that's basically, you know, that people has a draw to them. But, you know, with what I was thinking about was like vibrations. Do you get certain vibrations in certain graveyards and of historical value up there? Oh, yeah. I definitely feel such an intense difference. Like, my magical power has been able to grow, and I think it's related to the fact that I work with the spirits of the dead. Right. And when you're open to communicating with them, they will come to you. And the more paranormal experiences you have, the stronger it illuminates the black flame within you, your body of light, whatever you want to call it. And my main way of communicating to the spirits of the dead is through dreams. Right. And they come to me in my dreams. So there's plenty of times where I will meet people that have actually lived where I am. And they'll tell me something or they'll want me to help them or they'll try to scare me. Uh, For a while, back when I was living in Canada... I kept having these dreams about various children that had died in tragic ways in various buildings around where I lived. Right. And in each dream, I, I had to save the kids in some kind of way. Like, one little boy wanted me to help him clean up his toys. And by the time I was able to finish cleaning up his toys, which it wasn't easy to do, there was a fire engine, and every time I would pick it up, I would be shocked by electricity and fall down onto the ground and I kept doing it over and over again and I just wouldn't give up and I was eventually able to put the truck like into the bin where he wanted me to put it and then he was able to leave free Um, and then I was able to actually verify with neighbors that those kids were real and had lived in the places that I had envisioned them in which is how I realized that it was in fact the spirits of the dead that have been communicating to me in my dreams Uh, Here in particular, it has been a lot darker, and it usually involves a lot more people. 
right. because way more people have died here. Um, it's It's been pretty interesting. I've been trying to solve this mystery about a man that I've been seeing a lot of my dreams that other people have seen. Um, and he, he seems to be trying to scare me and to get me to leave, but I haven't seen him ever since we moved to this new house a couple of weeks ago. Right. So I think he might have been related to that previous property that we were living in. It was this old warehouse that used to be a tobacco drying factory. And um, around 100 years ago, it burned down, and a lot of people died in there. Living in that place was really freaky. Um, my boyfriend's business is run out of there, and he had to have the security cameras turned off because they would trigger, they get triggered by the paranormal activity right. cameras, and like the police would get called. Right, right, and right. Kept having to explain like what was going on, and so they had to eventually shut the security system down. Um, but the the spirits there, they they did not like us being there at all. Well, they probably thought they didn't need security, so you know, <laughs> they were their own homeland security themselves. Hey, uh, quick question: uh, Out of all the people that you've uh, read, what would you say? Uh, who actually uh, got closer to the main source, would you say? Was it uh, like Levi, or is there certain writers out there that got really close to the main source that you know of? I like that question a lot. You know you know how I, it's favorite. not leading, but it's yeah. but it's being vague if on purpose. Because so, like I'm saying, oh, yeah. we go to like 160-something countries, so we would be burned in those countries. <laughs> I, so. I totally agree with you. <laughs> um, one of my favorite writers, Kenneth Grant. Right. I read his work before Crowley, and I really, really like Typhonian Magic. It seems so accurate because you learn that the real initiations come from the spirits themselves. Right. And no human can do that for you. And what I like the most about it is it's proven through some kind of gift that the spirits will bestow upon you, like a creative talent, artistic merits, things like that. Um, so I'm, I'm a big fan of Kenneth Grant and, um, Another author that I really like is um, Thora Nima. I mentioned it previously. Um, I, I read their book even before I got into Crowley. And a lot of people say, like, oh, they're the crazy Thelema people. But I, I think that, that that craziness is what makes it closer to the source. Right. That is an excellent answer, too. Thank you. Excellent answer. Uh, out of all your dreams, good or bad, what are the main percentages? I would say, like, maybe 20% of them are bad, and the rest are just kind of weird. I don't know oh, if oh. I really have dreams. Well, what, would you, what would you call weird? Basically, like, you know, going shopping with a gargoyle, that's kind of normal for me. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, they're like regular dreams. I, I don't have that many nightmares. If I do have a nightmare, it's usually something's trying to kill me. But right. otherwise, they're just regu regular dreams. Um, often, like, when I have dreams, when I remember my dreams, they're always important. 
and I've been writing them down. How, how long have you how long have you been writing them down for now? Well, I've on and off like over a decade, but recently I've been writing them down for the past four months. Good, good. You uh, should. You should. You should. Thank you. Thanks. It's it's become really helpful because of the past working I'm doing with the spirit Beelzebub, because he's the Lord of the dead, and since the dead communicate to me through my dreams, I've been working on this this book for Beelzebub. It's compendium of Beelzebub that'll be coming out with the Come Living God, the company that I work for. And um, so I've been recording all my dreams in particular because there seems to be an arc to the information that I'm receiving. Like the dreams do not seem to be random. They seem to be helping me to understand things about the nature of my reality and of the nature of reality in general. And not only has it been affecting my dreams, but it started to affect the dreams of people that are close to me as well. I had a friend from Canada message me. She was my best friend when I lived in Canada. And out of the blue, she messaged me saying to see if I was okay because she had a nightmare about me. And I was like, please tell me the dream because I knew it was going to be related to everything that was going on. And she said it was of my new house that I just moved into. And there was this baby doll crawling on the floor. And the weird thing about it is that my boyfriend had handed me a baby doll maybe a day or so before and asked me to put it somewhere in the house. This really creepy old baby doll with a weird porcelain face and just as a tangent, he finds these dolls and things at jobs that he works at because he runs a business where they restore places after a fire and things like that. So it's from a creepy source. And he brings them home? He brings them, yes. He brings them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so, and so we have a lot of really weird things. With a lot of attachments, most likely. Yes, there's a ton. There's a ton. There's a whole circuit here, basically. Um and so he had a dream and it, about my house with this doll crawling on the floor, which freaked me out because of the doll thing like two days before. So anyway, in the dream, the doll is crawling on the floor and then it tells her this message and says, some people summon demons, others dine with them. And then all of her teeth fell out of her mouth in the dream. What the fuck? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Is this the kind of stuff that's in your book? <laughs> it will, yes, I asked her for, for her permission to include that as, as part of the book because I knew that that was the spirit communicating to me through her. It, it was one of those things where you can't even question it because it literally had the doll from my life that she didn't even know existed. Right. So... Stuff like that is pretty remarkable. Um, yeah. Do you uh, do you read Lovecraft? Yes, I love Lovecraft. He's one of my favorite authors. Absolutely. Okay. Any lessons yes, from like, any lessons learned from Lovecraft? Oh God. <laughs> See, my my favorite one is it takes an insane person to understand an insane world. Yeah, I think that's that's really good. Um, a good lesson is the gods don't give 
uh, frick about us. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's another another lesson that I that I've learned from him, and 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 that like you're bound to go insane if you go looking for it. There's always something there. Yeah, if if you go looking, you're always going to find something. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's the biggest thing like that. Okay, uh, we're kind of reaching. I've, go, yeah. No, go, 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 go. Oh, I just, just real quick, I, I just wanted to say, I've actually seen a spirit that looks like Brown Jenkins from Dreams in the Witch House. Oh, really? Yeah, I saw it multiple times at the warehouse that I was just living at. So I know that p- part of why I like Kenneth Grant's material is because it essentially says that Lovecraft is true. No, Lovecraft is true. Look at yeah. Ant- look at Antarctica right now. Look at everything they're exactly. fighting in Antarctica. Exactly. And he, he wrote this, like, turn of the century. People thought, oh, he was insane. He's nuts. You know, he's like Tesla. <laughs> look where Tesla's at right now. There you go. There you go. Hey, quick question. Anywhere in time or space or existence, if you can go anywhere or meet anybody, who would it be and why? Wow. Oh, gosh, that's a really great question. Um, I think I would like to I would like to meet Marjorie Cameron, who didn't she died in my lifetime. But she was the embodiment of Babylon. I, uh, she was very old. Like she, she died like a year or so after I was born. But um, Marjorie Cameron, she was an occultist. She was an artist. She was a, an actress. And um, she was the embodiment of a spirit called Babylon that was dubbed upon her by Jack Parsons, who invented rocket fuel. Right. And um, so she has been such a huge inspiration to me. And I would love to connect to someone that embodies that particular current to to hear like of her teachings because she's just everything that um that i admire wow in terms of like creative expression um existing in a a living person i got one other thing for you to do it's it's real easy it's real easy what i want to do is now that you have this chance and you've let most of that stuff all out of you. Okay. Now in these final closing moments, mm-hmm. you have the whole world right in front of you. As you always do. And this is your chance to go ahead and throw your vibrations. Like I said, it's over 160 something countries this goes towards. So uh, you got people listening in different languages, wanting to know a little bit about, you know, what's going on in the world of paranormal and you know the supernatural and uh, dreams so uh, if you can give any advice right now I'm going to sit away from the microphone I'm going to let you lay it on them lay it on them hard alright ready set thank you go magic is real and we live in a magical world the hardest part about experiencing the magical world is shifting your reality into a place where you are not afraid to experience it. A big part of the fear that people experience is the fear of change, of having the rug pulled out from under you and seeing the world in a completely different way. This is the matrix, we could call it, society trying to enslave us. Everyone has the ability to completely transform life 
into a life that they want it to be based on their subjective reality. This is not easy to do, but it's also the simplest thing to do simultaneously. What you have to do is try. You have to be willing to give everything you can toward creating and changing reality from the microcosm out into the macrocosm. You have to be magic in everything that you do, and you have to be willing to change the world, even if it's on a small scale, even if it's just around you. The dreams that you'll have will be signs from the spirits. Every single thing that you do will be touched by the paranormal. Once you start tapping into that current, and all it takes is the abandonment of fear because there's so much power waiting for each one of us hidden in the darkness. All we have to do is be willing to go there and find it. Orly Stewart, ladies and gentlemen, Orly Stewart. Hey, if they want to get in touch with you, how do they uh, get in touch with you? Don't give your phone number. I mean, sure. <laughs> besides Facebook so, and everything. Yeah, so um, there's there's two different ways that you can get in touch with me. If you want to check out all the different work that I do, you can go to becomealivinggod.com slash Orly Stewart. That's where I do tarot readings and have appointments with people and do rituals and stuff like that and the books that um, that I've written are for sale over there. And then I also have a personal website for my paintings and uh, my emails on there. It's motherofabominations.com. That's great artwork. Oh. No, it's good artwork. Thank you. I also have a YouTube channel. I forgot. Go, yeah, throw it, throw it. It's, just, it's, just, it's Orly Stewart. It's just my name, Orly Stewart on YouTube. O R L E E. L E E. Making sure. E E W A R T. Boom! Right like that. I got hundreds of videos on magic and witchcraft and my experiences and all that fun stuff. On no, there. you were very articulate. That's what just drew my attention. I'm, I've been spying on you for a while. I've been spying. I've been spying. I got my eye on you, girl. Got my Thank eye. Thank you. I did a ritual. I did uh, not one. I did many rituals to help with that. Um, it's called the Ars Notoria. Right. The Notary Art of Solomon. And part of what it gives is what they call the Mother of Tongues. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, girl. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, don't forget, on Monday, you got Real Paranormal, the activity. Real Paranormal Activities, the podcast. That's a tongue twister with Mr. Aaron Hunter. Uh, he's the man of the hour, the man of the power, the man is too sweet to be sour. On Tuesday, you have Aaron's Horror Show, with, that's with Aaron Frail, who will basically... It, teach you about horror without letting you just watch a bunch of crappy stuff and on wednesday you have uh terry's mysterious moments with uh terry davenport wednesday yeah that's that's terry and thursdays are whenever i show up every other thursday every half a year whenever i do uh that's the sandman lullaby and we have three new uh we have three video shows three video shows on the network now so uh yeah and we got orly we got Orly in the can. Hey, thank you so much. No, no, it was good. Like I said, I've been trying. I've been trying to get in touch with you for a while. So, no, and as soon as you started talking when we were off the air, I was like, I was like, shh, shh, shh. You're giving up everything. <laughs> shh, this has to be recorded. Shh, shh, shh. 
Well, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on the show. No, no, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. So uh, that's about it. You done, girl? I'm going to release you. Hell yeah. I'm going to let you go. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, we will see you. I think I just saw a ghost in the studio. Wow, you're yeah. good, girl. You're good. I will talk to <laughs> you. Same bat time, same bat channel. You've been in the Sandman Lullaby here on the RPA Network. Oh, yeah, if you want to write me, you could write S-A-N-D-M-A-N-L-U-L-L-A-B-Y. I'm surprised I could spell that because I'm from Florida. You know, we can't spell anything. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, early, bye. Yes, bye.